I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here, the author of 15 books, including her latest, Before the Alamo, is, uh, is our host each and every week, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. And uh, again, uh, she's the subject of, uh, of a wonderful documentary, and it's wonderful because she's in it. That's why it's wonderful. And, uh, and she's, just, she's just great. She was the subject of a long-running uh, radio show, and now she is the host of a radio slash podcast that can be heard on 124 different outlets. And her memoir is uh, next up. But until then, Dr. Weinberg, how are you? Well, I'm, uh, I think I may have caught a, a breakthrough case of COVID. I've had all three shots. That's two shots and the booster. But uh, unfortunately, I began sneezing yesterday, and my nose is now running, so uh, I'll probably have to pause during this show <laughs> and blow my nose. Uh, so, Don't worry uh, about that. Do what you have to do. The fact that you're going through is, is, is great. Um, but uh, it's terrible that you're, you know, you possibly have it. Um, it. It's you know, it's amazing that that's the first thing we think of now, and it should be the first thing we think of now is maybe I have COVID. In the past, people would say maybe I have a cold or I got a little something. Right, right. But, you know, the first thing you think is I, I may have COVID. Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, that's the case. All uh, other things that are going on in this area of San Antonio is known for its uh, cedar, so-called cedar season. Uh, it's actually um, juniper. Uh, the juniper uh, trees in the hills around San Antonio are emitting their seeds now, and their seeds are in the form of clouds, green clouds, of dust particles, which are really um, their, um, I think this is their, uh, it's part of their mating. Um, when the, when the uh, cloud of dust reaches the seed, which is waiting for it, in other trees, uh, they, they are fertilized and create more juniper trees. So our prairies around here are covered with juniper trees, which are water absorbers par excellence, uh, and also they cause a terrible lot of hay fever. And uh, there is an exodus of people who can afford to leave the area and go to Santa Fe, let's say, or the Bahamas during this season to escape cedar, so-called cedar season. That's one thing that um, might have caught up with me. I was never sensitive to to uh, juniper, the juniper cloud before, but it's a possibility I have become allergic to it. The other thing, of course, is that it might be a common cold. <laughs> so those those possibilities do exist but as frank just said the first thing that comes to mind is if you start sniffling and sneezing it is covid you think of and since it's very mild at this point um, uh, i probably won't be suffering too long because i have had all my shots so here's hoping that uh, this will pass soon but anyway, that is not what I wanted mainly mainly to talk about. And that is, today, the Senate is supposed to be voting on the possibility of debating on the Voting Rights Act. Mm. And, of course, I anticipate that it will go down to a defeat because somebody sitting in a bar somewhere, some Republican sitting in a bar somewhere will call in and say, I filibuster this, <laughs> and that will be the end of it. Yeah. Wow. So one individual, um, and not even present, can frustrate the will of half of the Senate and possibly a few Republicans who also think that voting rights might be a good idea. And this this situation, the, the rule of one opposing member to the uh, legislation up for debate is tyranny. This is not uh, democratic, and uh, 
it may be a safeguard for the minority party to get rid of unwanted legislation, certainly. And that's why two of our Democratic senators are dead set against changing it. But changing it would be the least we can do to at least allow debate on the subject and then a vote where majority rules. And I won't go into that any further, uh, except to say that yesterday was Martin Luther King Day. And Martin Luther King spent his life unto his violent death uh, working to assure the American public that they, and I mean all of the American public, that they have rights, that they all have equal rights and the right to vote. And right now, the Republican Party, under the pretext that Trump won the election, which is a bald-faced and hideous huge lie, that he, uh, that uh, since the election was, quote, stolen from him, uh, and there was massive voter fraud, although all the efforts to prove the that even the offer of a huge amount of money by Ken Paxton, our attorney general here in Texas, nobody was able to find the least fraud. There were a couple of cases of people registering their dead relatives, but it turned out that they were voting for Trump. So nobody has been able to find the least fraud, and yet 71% of Republicans believe that there was massive fraud and conspiracy and that Biden is not really our president and this glorious, wonderful, uh, high achiever named Donald Trump uh, is actually our president and they will do anything, uh, including destroying our dem- democratic system of government, uh, to get him back on the throne. So, to go back then to Martin Luther King, he suffered and he died in order to assure that everyone have the right to vote, because our founding fathers, unfortunately, did not include everyone. They allowed slavery to continue. It had already begun in the uh, southern states. And they uh, wanted it to continue. This was the basis of the Southern economy. Uh, And the founding fathers realized that, and so they allowed that evil to continue. But Martin Luther King uh, has been called uh, a a latter-day founding father, which I think he was, because he expanded voting rights to include every soul in the country and uh, he, and he suffered in order to do it there were the the marches and the sit-ins people died uh, people were beaten almost to death um, by uh, by the usually by the uh, law enforcers of the uh, southern uh, 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 discriminatory system uh, and so uh, I have a personal anecdote here. Uh, uh, King was shot in, and, and assassinated as he stood on a balcony preparing and uh, continue his uh, nonviolent uh, actions uh, for civil rights. He was shot, and... Um, uh, my husband and I were driving, and we had the radio on, and we had just parked in the University of Rochester parking lot uh, when the news came through that, uh, that King had been shot and was dead. And my husband uh, turned off the, the uh, motor and put his hands over his face, and for the first time, and the last time in in uh, uh, in the 43 years of our marriage until he died, my husband wept. 
it meant that much to him that this this effort to make sure that the United States was a true democracy and that everyone had the right to vote had been assassinated by evil forces which are dominant right now in this country. Although they are in a minority, they have the means to frustrate the will of the majority, the majority that still believes in democracy and the right of every every single citizen to vote. Now, I received last week um, a notice from the election board telling me that I have to apply for my um, ballot, that I can't just go and vote. Uh, if I, I can just go and vote, but I cannot mail in a ballot. I have to apply for it, and I have to prove my identity now. I have to give my uh, license plate number and or my social security number, the last four digits thereof. Uh, so I have to prove that I am a citizen of this United States, where I was born, uh, in order to be able to vote in Texas. So um, the restrictive laws to get rid of people, especially the poor, the uh, the students, the black people, and the brown people, who are almost a majority, if not a, a plain majority here in San Antonio, uh, to keep them, their numbers down. And the news yesterday was also that out of 700 applications for absentee ballots so far, 400 and something, 420 or 440, I don't know exactly, but it's 400 something, were denied. Oh, my God. Why were they denied? Almost half of them. Because... They didn't. Their signatures weren't exactly the same as the signatures that uh, were on record, or they got a, a digit wrong in their driver's license, or a digit wrong in their social security number. Uh, something didn't quite match, and it could be that the social security number on record is is faulty and not what the, the voter wrote down. But in any case. The restrictions of uh, mail-in voting is, are already underway here in San Antonio and in Bayer County and in Texas. So the, the forces of, of anti-democracy are already uh, active here and doing their thing. Amazing. And, um, can can, can yeah. I just say one thing? You know, my, yes, my signature has changed over the years and certainly since I've registered to vote I don't even know what it would have been back then and then sometimes I try to make it a little neater sometimes I just it's a wiggly line um, it, it's you know this is this is a terrible system that you're you're going into here in Texas um, and they're gonna deny they would deny me maybe yes yeah they probably would deny you <laughs> and and I'm, I haven't sent mine in yet, but I, I have a feeling they will deny me um, because I just got a new driver's license because I am 88 years old. And every five years I have to go in and have a new test and uh, uh, they have to find out whether I'm still competent enough to drive safely. Uh, and then they issue me a new driver's license, which they have done. Uh, I'm not certain whether uh, my driver's license number has changed. And if it has changed, then I will probably be denied the right to vote. <laughs> because that's one, uh, one way they discriminate against those people who are trying to commit fraud in <clears throat> by mail-in voting. Um, because they're trying to forge their driver's license number or some such other thing, other pretext for getting rid of people, uh, especially the elderly and the uh, uh, those who are handicapped in one way and who are therefore uh, asking to be able to vote by mail. And, of course, President Trump voted by mail. Yeah. So... Uh, 
if you're looking for a model of people who vote by mail and you're pro-Trump, well, there is your model. Yeah, he also got the vaccine. His whole family got the vaccine, and he got the booster, too. So if, uh... That's right, and, and he actually... He was booed because he told people to be sure and be vaccinated once. And I think he learned quickly uh, that that wasn't the way to keep his base, <laughs> that they were more radical than he was. Wow. Uh, anyway, going back to, to Martin Luther King, uh, King remained hopeful in the face of, um, of uh great opposition of, and vicious opposition, of course. And one of his speeches, I think it was uh, in uh, 1965, uh, and it was at the end of the 54-mile Selma to Montgomery March, uh, he delivered the following sentences, and I'm going to read them. How long, and I'm quoting, how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? darken their understanding, and drive bright-eyed wisdom from her sacred throne. Somebody's asking, when will wounded justice, lying prostrate on the streets of Selma and Birmingham and the communities all over the South, be lifted from the dust of shame to reign supreme among the children of men? And somebody's asking, how long will justice be crucified and truth bear it. And after that paragraph, he answers his own questions, how long. He says, how long, not long, because no lie can live forever. And of course, now this whole thing applies perfectly to the situation, because the entire Republican Party is devoted to the big lie that Biden is not the president, that his uh, that uh, Donald Trump's um, presidency was stolen from him by massive fraud. That is the huge lie, and and it is in service of cutting down the voting power of the Democratic majority, <laughs> which is. Uh, largely bolstered by black and brown people. And, of course, by other people who believe in the democratic system that has uh, that is at the foundation of our country. Unfortunately, the lie that that black and brown people ought not to be allowed to vote because they are on the wrong, quote, wrong side, they believe in democracy, has lasted from before the Civil War, and this is because of the convenience of slavery, uh, through the Civil War, and it has gone underground. The Ku Klux Klan, for instance, is one of the underground organizations. Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and so on, neo-Nazis, uh, are other manifestations that they lie, that black and brown people and Democrats generally should not be allowed to vote, is grumbling along under the surface, and it has broken out now in its most vicious form. So the lie has lasted for over a century, almost two, because the founding fathers uh, also bowed to it. Uh, also when they created the Electoral College, by the way, because they did not trust the popular vote, uh, and they put, put the final vote in the hands of landed uh, aristocracy. Uh, we don't have a literal uh, aristocracy here in this country, but moneyed, we do have a moneyed aristocracy, which is ruling this country. And so how long it sounds like uh, it sounds like a prediction of the life of the the Right to Vote Act. Let me say that again. How long, not long, now sounds like a prediction on the lifespan of the Act to Vote. The, so its heart, by the way, was uh, was uh, eliminated by the Supreme Court in 2013 when the court ruled unconstitutional that uh, part of the bill 
that specified that local and state governments should be pre-cleared by the federal government before changing voter laws. Uh, they've been very busy since 2013, and especially during the Trump administration, in changing the voter laws to make them much more restrictive. And uh, the, in two, uh, uh, 2021, uh, the court also upheld uh, some of Arizona's voting restrictions that weakened the section of the Voting Rights Act uh, that prohibited laws and procedures that discriminate based on race. Uh, so it's out there in the open now, and all uh, Republican legislatures, uh, where there are Republican governors and uh, the legislature is Republican, uh, all of them are enacting these laws to destroy our democracy. Now, <laughs> uh, what we need to do is to, to, I guess, continue hoping for the best. But uh, I, I have something to say about hope also today. Uh, what, what is your feeling about uh, the chances of the, uh, the right to vote legislation that is right now being debated, or at least uh, the attempt <laughs> of a debate is being tried in the Senate. Uh, Frank, what do you think about that, uh, the chances? I mean, at the risk of sounding like a cynic, uh, I think some some guy from a bar, maybe not even president, is going to say filibuster and, and stop the whole thing if it gets close. I, I, yeah, I don't have any faith, to be honest with you. I don't think that, uh, um, you know, I, I don't think uh, that it's uh, it's right by any means uh, that it's going to get shut down. But I, I think as long as as Mitch McConnell is in the um, uh, in. in possession of power i mean we, we you know you can only judge the future by what happened in in our history and mitch mcconnell right. was there during the obama years and and look I, i'm trying not to be partisan about this let's just state a fact i mean it, i don't think anybody could make an argument that mitch mcconnell um was was fair-handed with president obama i think he um i think he had him um, stopped at every when he had the power, right? He uh, he stopped him at every single uh, spot that he was in, and and nothing got done. And uh, same guys in charge. Why why wouldn't it be different here? And then uh, to top it off, they got Mansion and and Cinema. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just too cynical. But uh, no, I, yeah, I, I think that's realistic. No, you're realistic indeed, and. Uh... Uh, I, I think uh, I haven't had the radio on, uh, so I don't know what exactly is happening as we speak. Uh, the legislation may already be done for uh, at this moment, uh, already filibustered down. Um, but I'm hoping that at least some debate uh, has been able to take place, although that in itself is a, a uh, is idle. I mean, it's hopeless uh, because uh, the ultimate uh, passage of the bill uh, is is a pipe dream, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't know what can be done against the tyranny of one voter who phones in from the Bahamas and says, uh, as he's sunning himself there, uh, and says, I filibuster this nonsense of giving the uh, people the right to vote. <laughs> we can't have that. We, we have to make sure through, uh, through uh, gerrymandering and, uh, and our new laws that uh, the majority cannot rule, only the minority, and that is the minority that wants an autocracy rather than the democracy that our founding fathers created. Uh, Doc, if I could interrupt, I'll give you a, a, a little bit of an update. And again, people listening to this, uh, the people very well may be listening to us talk tomorrow, but as of right now, at 1225 Eastern Time, where it, what it is in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, there's a headline from The Guardian uh, 14 minutes ago. And, and the headline is this, Senate poised to take up Democratic's doomed voting rights bill live. And so that was 14 minutes ago. And, and the Guardian, you know, we got to assume they're on the ground there and, and, uh, and they would know better. But they're calling it the Democratic's doomed 
uh, bill. So uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, I think that's totally pessimistic, but it's probably correct. <laughs> Terrible. We're laughing, but this is this is our democracy in action here. This is um, just just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm reading all the headlines now. Seven minutes ago, six minutes ago. Um, it renewed focus on voting rights. Uh, good luck. Uh, you know, these are, these are headlines. Summit Democrats press ahead with a debate on voting bill. This is three hours ago. And as you start reading into it, it doesn't sound very optimistic at all. And uh, right. yeah, it's just I, I this is they're basically saying what I'm saying. And, you know, why would Mitch McConnell change? You know, do you think he'll a light bulb will go off in his head and say, wait a second, I have a responsibility to all Americans, not not just myself and to my voting block, um, my voting base. Let's let's do the right thing here. And I don't know. I, I just I can't imagine him saying that or doing that. No, I'm afraid not. You know, there's a, there's an article today, an editorial by David Brooks, in which he points out that Americans are in despair. Um, and I'm sure a, a large part of it is precisely that they are they are fearful also. Uh, they're in despair and they fear the loss of our dem- democratic system. And uh, all the bad things in society are up. Um, church membership is down further than it has ever been. Um, Charity, donations to charities are down, worse than they have ever been. Uh, apparently in 2020, I think was the vote, he, the, the date he quoted, um, in 2020, 66% of the population was giving to charity and now only 40%. Uh, arrests for drunken driving and speeding and reckless driving are up. Murders are up. Suicides are up. Uh, and uh, in short, society is breaking down. This is his headline. Um, and uh, why? It's because people know that this country is headed in the wrong direction, and they are paradoxically blaming uh, President Biden for it, a lot of them. And uh, uh, Mitch McConnell is the one who is standing in the way, as you just pointed out, of any any legislation coming from the Democrats. All legislation, and it doesn't matter if the Republicans supported it in the past, if it came now from the Democrats, it is evil and must be destroyed. And he is carrying out his threat because he has the filibuster at his disposal. And I just started this whole uh, session by saying that this filibuster is actually evil because one person in opposition to the, the most just, correct, democratic uh, legislation possible, one person who wants to destroy it can do so, thanks to the filibuster. This is not democratic or uh, government. This is total autocracy by every member, every Republican member in the Senate can be the autocrat of the moment by simply calling in and saying, I filibuster this bill. Absolutely. It is amazing and that that cinema and mansion do not realize that that this is the worst possible breakdown in our de- democratic government, and they are supporting it and thinking it is good because they are looking forward to the inevitable that the Republicans are going to take over the government and make it impossible for uh, Democrats to vote by further legislation. Um, they are looking forward to that and hoping that they can use the filibuster. Well, I suspect that the the, uh, uh, Republicans will make the filibuster a law, a federal law, once they have the power. And so it would have to be, uh, or maybe uh, an amendment to the Constitution, (laughs) 
and it would take two-thirds vote of the states uh, to do away with the filibuster. Uh, I'm just being cynical, but uh, but I I foresee doom to this country. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, listen. I'd hate to be on the side arguing that that everything's fine, that w- there are no problems. You know, you imagine getting that debate class and and you have to be the one to say, uh, "Hey, everything's fine. Don't worry. Everything will be all right." And it's okay to filibuster something like this. Um, you know, right? I mean, in debate class, you don't you don't get a choice. They say, "Oh no, you go on this side or you go on that side." And uh, boy, I, I just imagine being in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost there, uh, and have been because McConnell uh, is Mr. Filibuster and has been uh, since the since Obama's second term began. Uh, he has managed to. Uh, to destroy just about every Democratic initiative, except for the uh, uh, infrastructure bill, which managed to squeak through because uh, enough Republicans believed that we do need to fill fill the potholes and fix the bridges that are actually falling down. Um, and uh, so they voted for it in sufficient numbers, but everything else uh, has gone down to defeat and will continue to do so because... McConnell has promised that no Democratic legislation will will uh, pass. He stands there as the barrier to it, and he will continue. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, well, let me just jump in on one thing. I mean, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, it, you know, it shouldn't be lost to any of us that the the Democrats are deciding to bring this up. The, the first chance they can, uh, can right around Martin Luther King Day and uh, and and it's an appropriate time to to be there. Uh, one of the favorite quotes I have, and and if I p- paraphrase, forgive me, I'll try to get it exact. But um, uh, Dr. King said, uh, "If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't crawl, crawl. I, I'm sorry. If you can't uh, if you can't walk, crawl. If you, if if you can't crawl, try to figure out a way to get there." Uh, just somehow, some way, just keep moving forward. And uh, again, I'm paraphrasing, but I mean, his his thought is is right there. So I mean, what do you tell Doc? What do you tell the the Dems that uh, that are are sponsoring this? I, I'm assuming they're uh, you know they get it, they know what it is. But what about people that aren't sponsoring it? What about people that are just voting for the first time or getting enthused about voting? How do you spin this? How do you tell them, with the words of uh, Martin Luther King, just keep moving forward? Um, uh, what do you say? Okay, well, listen, you're going to lose these battles, and we know you're going to lose these battles if you're on the Democratic side um, or, you know, I- independent, and Mitch McConnell is going to stop this. But maybe, you know, that midterm is going to happen? No, you're going to have to look past the midterm. So this is crawling. You know, this is, if you're moving forward, this is crawling, if not being at a complete standstill. And then what a Democrat or what people that are angry about this have to hope for is that something happens in the midterm election uh, where maybe, you know, uh, God God forbid they, uh, they overturn uh, in Supreme Court uh, Roe versus Wade. I, I don't think they'll do. I mean, I can't imagine that they would do that, but they could. I mean, it's conceivable that something like that could happen. It's it's set in motion. It's certainly uh, uh, it certainly can't miss TV that they can do it. But if they did something like that, um, maybe uh, the the midterm elections uh, are a whole different animal. Or if uh, if Donald Trump announces, hey, I will be. Um, the uh, the candidate for sure. I'm announcing my candidacy for 2024. Uh, maybe if they do that, maybe Democrats would come out in droves and and maybe have a different take on the 2022 uh, midterm elections. But if yes. if they don't do that, uh, I mean, it seems you know just from a logical standpoint. And I don't want to sound like a a doomsayer, and, and it's hard to predict the future, but. Uh, everything in our past has gone for a midterm election where it doesn't go in the favor of the president and the and the the party of the president, and the Dems could be looking at a disastrous midterm election here. So what do you what do you go back and tell those people? All right, well then you gotta you gotta sit tight for another two years or for another two. You know what do you tell them? 
and especially since they have a uh, they have a president in the White House, is uh, they they have. Uh, they have this, and they have uh, the the majority in the uh, in in Congress. Um, what do you tell them to encourage them? Yes, well, the only thing we can do is to come out in mass, as you said. The Democrats come out in mass and vote. The only problem is that in two states, actually, I think Texas uh, got a little bit timid and withdrew that. A provision that the legislature could overturn the the, the will of the people uh, if if the wrong candidates that is the democratic candidates uh, were elected they could simply say uh, we do not agree there was so much fraud in this election uh, that we de- declare that the Republican candidates have won um, and this is out already the case in Georgia this is a law in Georgia so um, so I'm afraid that our uh, uh, that our uh, Democratic senator who was elected in the the uh, interim election, um, I think it was in January uh, last year, uh, he's going to uh, be losing his uh, position because the legislature is up for re-election and the legislature uh, has the power of saying, oh no, he didn't win. <laughs> The vote is um, is uh, let's say five million for him and three million for his Republican opponent, but the Republican won, uh, and that is possible in Georgia. I don't think it is yet in Texas, but it's soon probably the legislature. Actually, the legislature in Texas only meets every two years, so it will be uh, 2004. One, two, three, two thousand three, I guess, uh, when it meets again. Um, so they can't change that law uh, until two thousand three. So uh, the re- majority of the voters will carry the day in Texas. But uh, the only hope is that the Democrats will come out and vote in huge numbers, so that it is very, very clear that that is the will of the people. Otherwise, I think we're sunk because the uh, the Senate is stymied. It can't legislate at all. Uh, of course, the uh, Republicans can uh, change the rules of the, uh, of the filibuster any time they want to pa- pass something, uh, because uh, they have the uh, uh, they have the majority actually uh, <laughs> in order to do that. There, uh, they have two Democratic uh, uh, friends. Uh, who would vote for for them for their uh, cause to change uh, temporarily change the uh, the filibuster, even though they're saying they're against it if it's the Democrats' initiative, the Democrats' initiative. Um, but anyway, the Republicans uh, 50 plus two um, could uh, change the filibuster any time they want to pass something. But, of course, stymie anything that comes from the other side. So since the Senate is paralyzed, um, it would have to be the will of the people. That's our only hope. Mm. You know, it, it, just an interesting thought here, and again, I'm I'm from a distance watching it, but um, did the Republicans stop their uh, their bill? Because it seemed like... Uh, they were going to get it through. Did they stop it because of uh, Beto O'Rourke and the fact that uh, that he could use that in his um, in his argument to the Texas people, and that maybe Greg Abbott would have trouble um, trouble uh, based on the fact that they they suppressed this or they got this suppressing you know this heavily suppressing um, law through. Uh, do you think it's the the fact that there's a strong opposition? lined up against Abbott that uh, that they didn't go forward on it? Uh, you know, there's, there is some hope. Uh, I haven't heard anything from uh, Beto O'Rourke lately. Um, uh, he's being very quiet. I think he's uh, gathering strength to make an all-out push. Uh, and he is a man of the people. He knows how to talk to uh, rural communities and cowboys and <laughs> And uh, real Texans. He's a real Texan himself. Uh, uh, I think he may be able to gather a majority of people uh, to oppose uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, 
I'm praying that he will, in which case uh, we will be a purple state uh, and uh, possibly uh, carry some weight in Washington as well. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hopeful. Um, at least I'm not, as, uh, I'm not as gloomy as I am about the U U.S. Senate. Uh, I think that uh, may be a totally lost cause. Um, I'm hoping, again, hope springs eternal, uh, that, uh, that enough pressure can, uh, can be brought to bear on Senate, uh, that it will eventually pass something, uh, like maybe uh, the Build Back Better bill. Uh, voting rights, I think, may be doomed, uh, but I think we must continue to fight for it. Yeah. Very, listen, very good material and, and to, uh, uh, to, you know, echo your, your original thought on, uh, on this day, or at least the day after, um, Martin Luther King, uh, what, uh, what an amazing uh, individual, and if not for him, uh, you know, some people might say, well, this one would have stepped up, or this one would have, I, I don't think he had a peer that could have done exactly what he did at that particular time. And, uh, and it's very unfortunate, uh, like Lincoln, and I'll put them in the same breath in this sense, uh, that they were assassinated before they completed their work. And, you know, Lincoln certainly to get through the Reconstruction and, and what, uh, what his plan uh, may have uh, may have turned into and what he would have been able to accomplish in four years. Uh, you know, if you gave Martin Luther King another four years, how far could he have advanced his cause uh, as well, four years or, or longer? But, um, you know, it, it's there it was a poignant story about you driving with uh, your husband, Kirk, and, um, uh, you know, what a, uh, what a moment in history that was. And thankfully, thankfully we have a day that to at least reflect on the life and the, uh, and the accomplishments of uh, Reverend Martin Luther King. Yes, and Martin Luther King emphasized hope, that we must never lose hope, because hope is a uh, powerful driving force. And people suffer and die. They put their lives on the line for hope. And uh, I think voters who believe in democracy must do the same. We must do everything we possibly can, everything we can think of, uh, to maintain our democratic government against the forces of Trump, uh, who is uh, who is per perpetuating a huge lie. And if uh, if people listen only to Fox News and Newsmax, they're going to continue to believe it because that's all they hear. And, and that's one of our problems. Uh, it wasn't so great in 1965 when the Voting Rights Act was signed by uh, Lyndon Johnson. Um, the, uh, there was only one source of news, Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so everybody got the same thing. But now I'd say the majority of Americans listen only to Fox News or possibly to Newsmax. But Fox News seems to be the, the uh, power uh, that uh, uh, is a pro-Trump, pro-lie power in this country. And uh, a lot of very intelligent people uh, who listen only to that source of, quote, news, unquote, uh, believe every word that comes out of there because it's repeated often enough. And uh, I don't know what the remedy to that is. I don't think our laws allow uh, a propaganda station to be outlawed. Uh, so uh, we're up against it as far as that goes. Everywhere I go here in Texas, if the TV is on, it's on Fox News. Yeah, if it was on anything else, they would have a riot in there, you know, most likely. Whenever right. I stay in Texas... Uh, the uh, the hotel always has always has Fox News in the lobby, and uh, it's it it doesn't even seem to um, you know give any anyone to give any thought to it. You know, it's just uh, it's there. You know, it's 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 the staple. It's the standard. Right, it is. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yes, I'm right in the middle of this. Uh, Texas and my only hope here uh, for locally is Beto O'Rourke. Although we do have a democratic uh, city government, as does Austin, uh, Austin being the capital and uh, where the Republican legislature meets and uh, the seat of uh, uh, Governor Greg Abbott also. So it's a contradiction there uh, in in Austin. But here uh, we are fairly unified uh, as a democratic city. Uh, I'm up in the northern part of the city, which is extremely white. There's not a black face to be seen anywhere uh, in driving distance here. Um, So we are segregated up here in the north. And uh, uh, when I went uh, house to house, door to door, uh, to announce um, a uh, party for a book coming out, uh, an open house. Uh, no, actually, it was when uh, the, the uh, PGA, the uh, the golf, uh, uh, com- not company, but uh, uh, the golf um, club, anyway, overarching. Um, uh, there's a name for it. Uh, Anyway, uh, PGA uh, was uh, intending to build a huge center here in in, uh, San Antonio. And I was going door to door to get signatures against that because it was planning to build right over the recharge zone for our source of water, our aquifer, uh, which is we draw water from uh, this huge underground lake. Uh, And uh, depending on its level, uh, we are allowed to uh, water our lawns in the summer or not. Uh, but uh, they were going to build right over it and uh, and with parking lots and the runoff of parking lots, which would be oil and, uh, and uh, other pollutants. And the, the hotel would be there and the sewer would be underground, et cetera, uh, polluting the aquifer. Uh, and so I found out that everybody around me at that time was Republican and would be voting for the PGA because it would uh, create businesses. I mean, it would uh, create jobs. Uh, and, of course, they they would all be minimum wage jobs, uh, which I pointed out, uh, that it would continue the uh, the situation here in Texas that anybody who had a brown skin uh, was most likely to be condemned to working a minimum wage job, which was not meeting the cost of living at that time and still not. Uh, although Biden was do- has been doing his best to increase the uh, the, the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, um, but back then I think it was something like three dollars an hour, uh, and a family could not be maintained on that. Uh, so anyway, I tried arguing against it, and I was had the door slammed in my face many times. So uh, there is a portion of San Antonio that is very rock ribbed Republican. And I think very Trumpist by now, or even Q. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I don't go door to door with any cause right now because uh, I don't think I would make any headway. In fact, I probably would be uh, threatened with a gun because, by the way, another thing that uh, David Brooks pointed out was that millions of guns have been sold over what was already in the hands of the public uh, before. But in 2021, millions of new guns were sold in the United States because people are afraid. They think that the KKK or the Proud Boys or uh, or, uh, the Oath Keepers are coming for them any minute. Or else, on the other hand, uh, the socialists are coming. Antifa is coming. Uh, So everybody's scared. Some kind of boogeyman is coming. I'm sorry, what? I said some kind of boogeyman is coming. Some kind of boogeyman is out there, right, waiting waiting to... uh, And I have been robbed here uh, in my suburban home uh, three times since uh, moving in here. And uh, the last one was really devastating. It took everything that was not too hot or heavy to carry. Uh, and uh, all my sound equipment and so on and so on. Anything that could be quickly fenced uh, was taken. So, uh, yes, uh, the threat is actually real. (laughs) 
I didn't happen to be home to have a gun to flourish. Uh, and I actually, I shouldn't be announcing it, but I don't own one. Oh. Um, my dad did teach me how to, how to fire a rifle, uh, but I don't un- own a handgun, and I'm not about to get one, I don't believe, unless somebody threatens my life directly in the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll say this. Uh, all of this aside... It's amazing that you got through this without stopping once, right? And uh, if you, if it turns out that you do, God forbid, have COVID, um, you've uh, boy, you got through a whole show with, with COVID and and with symptoms. Um, I'm hoping though that it's a it's a little cold, or if it's a it's that that other uh, situation with the uh, yeah, cedar fever, yeah, cedar fever, right. So hopefully it's that, but uh, you did very well. How are you feeling? Actually, uh, since my adrenaline gets going during a program like this, it apparently dries out the nose enough so that I can get through the program without having to stop. Terrific. (laughs) Well, way to go. Uh, Just terrific. Uh, Any last thoughts, uh, your prediction on the the voting uh, rights bill? Oh, well, I think it'll go, uh, if it hasn't already gone, down to uh, defeat by filibuster. Yeah. And uh, and uh, we'll simply have to think of some other way to continue fighting for it, because we cannot stop, simply because we have one individual, namely Mitch McConnell, uh, who is standing in the way of any kind of democratic legislation. It's not... Um, it is not a democratic government. Uh, the Senate is not. It's an autocratic government right now. And uh, uh, until we can change the uh, uh, change the majority slightly, maybe we will win another senator or two uh, in the 2020 election instead of losing some. And if that happens, if our voters come out in mass, as I'm hoping and praying, uh, then we could override uh, this filibuster business and uh, possibly uh, we could uh, uh, manage to get something passed. And that is my my hope and my prayer. Amazing. Yeah. It's uh, let's you know, let's see how this all uh, you know, all plays out, but uh, I, I am not optimistic that this voting rights bill will get through. But you know, hey, look, uh, I've been wrong before. That's for sure. Right. Well, I'm with you there. <laughs> all right, Doc. I want to uh, uh, congratulate you on everything. Another uh, another job well done. And uh, everyone, please get the book before the Alamo. It is uh, Dr. Weinberg's fifteenth book. And, uh, and again, it's her latest. Please get this book. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.